of the Sacred Feminine on this uh, special time, uh, this uh, Sunday morning. We usually uh, air on Wednesdays, but circumstances uh, shifting around. Uh, we're here with you today, and um, I hope you're able to tune in now. Or uh, if you're a regular listener, you know that uh, if you can't tune in when we're live, you can always uh, catch shows uh, from the archives. In fact, there's more than 10 years of great guests uh, way showers and foremothers, uh, women and men both, uh, that you can listen to and glean very relevant uh, wisdom and information to maneuver the world and the world that we hope to create. Uh, I am sitting here uh, in our new home. Uh, we have been here a month now, uh, as of yesterday. I'm sitting at my desk, at my window, looking out the window at uh, a beautiful snow-topped mountain, uh, pine trees, uh, beautiful houses across the street, and uh, I am um, just thankful, thankful, thankful uh, for all that has um, come our way uh, in the last few months. Uh, yes, it has been incredibly challenging, uh, but uh, it's all been worth it, and we are uh, enjoying our new home. Uh, that said, uh, things are a little bit different here. Uh, we are a bit rural now. And uh, that means uh, Internet can be a little bit spotty. And as you know, this is an Internet show. So I want to just say to listeners and my guests, uh, you know, and I will say this for the next couple months until it's uh, kind of just a known thing, um, on occasion – uh, uh, there will be a tiny little second or two glitch where it sounds like I drop away. Uh, don't worry about it. I will be back within a second or two. And uh, if you did not hear something I said or something a guest said, um, you know, we will repeat it. So, um, you know, just wanted to throw that out there. Don't think, uh, you know, we are gone. Uh, just uh, hang in there with us. Well, we will be back before you know it. Like I said, uh, we return within a second or two. So, um, 
I uh, started the year off uh, chatting with uh, contributors to the new anthology, uh, Awaken the Feminine, Dismantling Domination to Restore Balance on Mother Earth. Uh, And this anthology, uh, I like to think of it as uh, the third one in a trilogy uh, that I refer to as Manifesting a New Normal Trilogy. Um, You know, we all know that the way things are out there in the world are pretty messed up and a lot has to change, Uh, but oftentimes, you know, we feel shackled because um, it's hard to change when you don't know what to change to, Uh, or you maybe don't uh, have suggestions or ideas or a roadmap uh, on where to uh, focus your energy or your thoughts uh, to help manifest that change. And I like to think these last three books um, have offered Uh, a new path forward. Um, The first one was actually uh, Voices of the Sacred Feminine Conversations to Reshape the World. It was an anthology of uh, a number of the men and women who have been uh, here on the radio show uh, offering their insight. Uh, Then uh, the second one, Uh, was manifesting a new normal, I'm sorry, was Goddess 2.0 advancing a new path forward, Goddess uh, Goddess 2.0 advancing a new path forward. Uh, That's the second anthology in the trilogy. And now this uh, third and final one, I guess, uh, Awaken the Feminine, Dismantling Domination to Restore Balance on Mother Earth. And I have slowly been interviewing a number of the uh, contributors uh, who have shared their wisdom and insight um, to help us manifest that new normal. And today uh, I have with me uh, Heather Mendel, and uh, she uh, really stands out of all the contributors um, in this book, uh, not just by her wisdom, but uh, the effort and commitment she put into this book. Because I have to tell you, during this incredible time of uh, change for me, uh, this book would not have um, been birthed had it not been uh, for Heather Mendel. So I want to make sure I say that uh, because she actually took it to create space on Amazon uh, and she um, uh, was the shepherdess uh, who, um, you know, took it through the process and made sure everything was right, dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's, uh, made sure the spacing was right and it was accurate and uh, she did an incredible job. And uh, I want to just give her kudos uh, for that incredible extra effort. You know, she stepped up when she didn't have to uh, because um, she's a wonderful woman and service to goddess in the community. And um, Heather, welcome to the show. And uh, I just wanted to thank you publicly for uh, the um, incredible effort you put in to help make sure this book saw the light of day. Uh, Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be with you here on the show, and in terms of helping you, I'm so happy I was able to do it. Things work synchronously. I had the time when you needed it. I'd also had a little experience in using Create Space for two of my own publications, and I was just happy that it worked out because I know that you put an enormous amount of effort into getting this volume um, of your trilogy there, and it seemed to me that it would have been just unthinkable that it not go forward. 
So I learned a great deal in the effort because putting together a, um, a series of other people's work is very different to doing, you know, one's own writing. But the fact that we actually brought this to birth and the book is out there and is full of wonderful articles and ideas brings me great joy. And so really I say happy to be able to have helped. Well, thank you, Heather. I mean, you know, so, you know, just a, you know, a final, you know, thought on that. You know, so many people uh, would just have, you know, uh, said, "Oh well, too bad," <laughs> uh, but you know, you yeah. didn't, and um, you know that uh, I, I just thank you so much for that. And, uh, and today. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Um, and today we're going to be talking about uh, your article, Spirituality, Intuition, and Belief in the 21st Century, uh, with the subtitle, Creating a Personal, Evolving, and Mystical Path. Um, and before we jump into that, I just want to uh, give listeners a little bit of information on you um, by way of your bio. So let me share that, because you have an incredible body of work on your own. And uh, and then we'll, we'll chat about uh, your essay that that's in the anthology. Um, so, listeners, uh, a little bit about Heather Mendel. She's an artist, author, mystic, and consciousness counselor. Uh, she was born and educated in South Africa. Uh, following on the success of her 2016 book and deck, uh, The Sacred Mandala Tarot, Mystery, Mindfulness, and Manifestation, comes her 2018 project, The Magic Moon uh, Lenormand Oracle and the accompanying book, The Oracle Speaks. Her earlier books are Dancing in the Footsteps of Eve, Retrieving the Healing Gift of the Sacred Feminine through Myth and Mysticism, which was published by O Books in 2009, and her feminist book, um, her feminist Haggadah, she's going to have to tell me what that means, uh, titled Towards Freedom, a Feminist uh, Haggadah for Men and Women, for which she wrote and typeset the text and hand-drew the illustrations, Border Design and Cover, uh, was published in 1995. Somehow the Book of Kells comes to mind when I read that. Uh, believing uh, the future is not prescribed and using her oracle decks, uh, Heather offers one-on-one -on -one intuitive readings. Uh, to row with the twist is not what you think. Uh, in person in Saratoga Springs, New York, or via email, phone, or Internet. Uh, her reading focus on the present rather than the future in order to empower each of us to make the best decisions we can and develop a strong connection with our own intuitive sense. They allow us to examine the beliefs we hold and the thoughts we think, which influence so profoundly our expectations. Once aware, we are in the position to make the most informed choices possible, creating our individual futures in a consciously evolving manner. Uh, so you can book your reading now uh, via her website, sacredfemininekabbalah.com. So Heather, uh, again, uh, an incredible body of work, um, but yet you made time to help me and contribute to the anthology. And please tell me, what is a, a Haggadah? I'll be happy to, because in many ways, that's where my feminist writing really began. Haggadah means telling. And within the Jewish tradition, at the time of the Passover, we are told that we need to go through the story of the Exodus to remember where we came from in order to know where we're going. When I first came to the United States in 1986, having been raised in South Africa, where my consciousness was very much about the ugliness of racism 
and my awareness of feminism or feminism was less than zero. I arrived here in 1986 as Rianne Eisler's book, The Chalice and the Blade, was just making its debut. And when I heard her speak, I was absolutely thunderstruck. I couldn't believe that what she was saying was information that in the really wonderful ex, uh, education that I'd been blessed to have, I'd never heard any of these ideas or concepts. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that this was actually true and missing from what I knew about the world. And so began my feminist quest which went from there and still continues. When I started looking then at the retelling of the story of the Exodus, which has far more mystical and mythic meaning than just the story as it applies to the Jewish faith, but really is our path towards freedom from the various slaveries in which racism and sexism are certainly two things we need to free ourselves from, I wondered what the story of the Passover would sound like if being told by women for women. And so I took the normal traditional telling of the tale and I told it in a woman's voice. I used the music of uh, women writers and composers, their poetry, and retold the story um, I created the Haggadah towards freedom, much as you uh, shared with listeners at the beginning. And I'm thrilled to say that 25 years later, this book is still being ordered. Younger women are discovering it. Um, I'm delighted, too, that the book is being purchased not only by those of us who are Jewish, but people who see the bigger implications of the story of the human journey towards freedom mythic and mystical as it really is, still resonates with people today. Um, so really that in many ways is how this all began for me. Wow. You know, I didn't uh, I didn't know all of that, Heather, and uh, so that's something we share in common, uh, Rianne Eisler's work. Uh, I credit her and Merlin Stone for putting me on this path, quite frankly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up a, a recovering Catholic in the Bible Belt, and this was all new to me. I mean, I was surrounded by sexism and racism, and it was just like it was normal. You know, it wasn't until I got out of that environment uh, living in the South uh, New Orleans, you know, the southern part of the United States uh, that, uh, you know, and I had my eyes awakened by Rianne, and I think just sort of a different culture, too, that California was, uh, that I began my path, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really incredible, uh, the journey, because, you know, there's so many layers to uh, the awakening, you know, and, um, yes. and it's, it, it's interesting you're saying about the, the Passover and the Exodus, because you know what, until you uh, just said that, um, I didn't think much about that, but I can see where the Exodus could really be a mystical or metaphoric, um, uh, well, a, a mystical metaphor for uh, just uh, escaping oppression of, of all kinds. Right. And I, I hadn't really thought of it. Uh, hadn't really thought of it like that, to, to be honest. Um, I, I look forward to when I have the time to delve a little bit deeper into uh, your your insights there. 
Well, I'm glad that it's meaningful for you, Karen. Um, I'm thinking in terms of the importance of this story right here in the United States in this year of 2000 of 2019, which is you know it's just amazing to me that we are living in a. If you look at the story of ancient Egypt and people being oppressed by a pharaoh who would not let them go, a, a pharaoh who was hard-hearted absolutely obstinate and stubborn and insistent on his will for his own glory. I don't need to go into much detail to describe why I feel that it's really important for all of us, not only in the United States, but wherever we're living right now, to look at our present condition, look at the mythic importance of moving towards a land of freedom, of um, honoring, of difference, of the ability for all of us to live and complete lives that's where the beauty of myth really resides these stories are not just old stories that happened once and left us I think it was Jean Houston who said a myth is something that never was and always is and certainly when I look at where we are in the United States right now in a system that is just beyond my ability to believe the real confronting of the shadow and what that means, I take great strength from going back to the story of the Exodus and the journey that we all need to voluntarily and consciously join in to take on the responsibility of breaking the shackles that surround us and moving us all forward with dignity and with celebration of who we are. Well, well said, Heather. And, you know, I think uh, too often we um, accept oppression. Something we're hearing from the pulpit because, you know, uh, the, we certainly know the pulpit spews, uh, you know, oppression of all kinds. Uh, you know, whether we're being oppressed at work, you know, taken advantage of, uh, whether we're victims of domestic violence, uh, whether we're not being paid a decent wage. I mean, all of that is forms of oppression. And um, uh, I, I think we really have to look at that and, um, and do what we can to fight it, you know, whether it's happening to us individually or others, you know, it goes back to that idea of, um, you know, all of our boats have to float. Um, uh, again, I don't, yeah. I don't know who had, you know, said that quote, um, uh, you know, but all of our boats have to, you know, rise together. Uh, and, right. you know, until that happens, you know, the, you know, uh, I, I think we we all have to keep working, but you know I am curious uh, about the the story of the Exodus, and I know this is kind of a curveball, but I've always been curious about uh, about this, and I just wonder if you have any insight about it. You know, when uh, supposedly when Moses came down from the mountain with his Ten Commandments, and he found the people, um, you know, had uh, you know created the golden calf. You know, I've always yes. sort of thought to myself that that was maybe Hathor. And uh, I, I guess I just wonder, um, uh, what was what was all of that about? Could it have been, you know, the people trying to go back to the, to the divine feminine and, you know, the battle between patriarchy and the sacred feminine? Um, I, you know, I wonder if you have any thoughts on that. 
Well, I really like the fact that you go back in terms of Hathor. Um, and certainly, if you consider that the people who were in the process of going into the wilderness, in other words, moving into their own spiritual space, to find their own authenticity and their own um, new way of being in a world that was changing, I think that they would revert to what they were familiar with. And I think the idea of trying to recapture an idea like the goddess Hathor um, as something that maybe could help them. I look at where we are right now. When you said in your introduction that we are living at a time where we don't have the roadmap we don't really have the guidance as to how to cope in a world that is changing so dramatically and so drastically, we tend to want to do one of two things. Either we want to go back to what we knew, thinking that that's going to bring us some sort of stability and comfort, or for hopefully listeners who are in tune with what you are doing in your blog show to talk about the willingness to step out into the unknown and to take a chance to tune in with their intuition into the fact that a bigger, better, brighter possibility exists. If we look at people possibly trying to revert to the ancient worship of Hathor, trying to find sustenance, realizing in the coming patriarchy that wasn't going to work, but taking the teachings of what she may have stood for in terms of intuitive wisdom and the feminine um, aspect of um, our lives and our ability to connect and moving that forward in a totally new way as we in the 20th century are trying to do. Long journey, but that's the way I would sort of see it, if that makes any sense, Karen. No, it, it it really does, it, and you know, and, and it really does to me on a on a personal level. I mean, you know, without getting into a lot of detail, you know, 2018 uh, was really a year for me where I had to decide where I was going to keep going the toxic, familiar path, or whether I was going to follow where I felt Goddess and the universe was pushing me, which was forward into the unknown, uh, you know, into something that was new and certainly was going to be, um, you know, had the potential to be uh, better and brighter, but it's always a scary thing. You know, we tend mm-hmm. to, I think, want to go back to the familiar and uh, because you at least know the devil who beats you, you know, exactly. um, and I, it, you know, and, and I really had a sense of what women of domestic violence must go through, that choice, that, you know, they, right. they're beat up every day. Maybe it's physically, maybe it's verbally, uh, but they, they know what to expect. You know, maybe they know how to dodge the blows. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's easier to do than to step out into the unknown and uh, try something totally different. So, yeah, I mean, it, it does. It totally makes sense. It's also metaphoric, you know, because we take these stories literally sometimes, but, you know, but if we take them as, as metaphor, um, I mean, it reminds me of, um, 
um, uh, I, I think I, I'm trying to remember who it was now, uh, one of the foremothers who talked about the story of Adam and Eve. Um, yes. It might have been Charlene Spretnak, and she said she yes. believed, um, you know, the, the story of uh, Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden was really the, the story of, uh, you know, the first piece of political propaganda uh, between, uh, you know, the sacred feminine versus patriarchy. And, um, right. you know, it, it, we have to look at these stories from so many different uh, angles and look at the different layers. And um, I, I thank you for that, you know, that new way to look at the exodus, because it certainly makes it relevant uh, for what we're going through, I think, individually and as human beings, uh, as we try to evolve to a better place, uh, a higher consciousness on the planet. I think so, and I think that one of the things one gets from the women's movement, um, of which you are such a wonderful way shower, is really that when we work together, when we encourage and share our own individual stories with one another, we have no idea how that is really encouraging and strengthening and empowering each other to move forward, because I don't believe that there's any purpose in trying to go back going forward is very scary but if we take the the trust that we um, muster that we can connect with and move forward we can take everything that we have experienced and can express move it forward into a different and better time and this is why I love what um, Shakti Gawain had uh, given to us Shakti Gawain who passed away just a couple of months ago but when she spoke about creative visualization and spoke about as we look at what it is that we want for ourselves and for our community and for our world to visualize the highest and the best that is in us and visualize this or something better now manifest because of what I'm willing to contribute scary though it may be with faith and trust, which to me, Karen, is really the story of Eve, the way I see her as a mythic heroine. She was not the villain that history has portrayed her to be, but really was willing, scary and all, to step foot into physicality. It's the intuitive within us that was willing to take on physical form and take part in this human experiment or journey, move the story forward, scary as that really was for her, whatever her may have been, and scary as it is for us, as you beautifully said, with the changes that you've undergone personally that we are going through as a country and as a world as we are moving into what I know the mystics of old have all told us is a better time for us all. Yeah. And, you know, and I guess in the final, you know, bit of wisdom I'll add, because uh, I want to get to your essay, is, you know, I think what's been important to, you know, what's been useful and important for me, um, and, I, and I share it because I hope it helps someone else, um, you know, I've been pretty vocal about how vulnerable I felt and, and how difficult it's all been. And on the, on the one hand, it's been, you know, just me being me, you know, because I'm, you know, outspoken and I share, but on the other hand, people have said, you know, we're so glad that you um, were honest and showed your vulnerability because it helped us 
uh, validate, you know, some of our own feelings. And and also too, I think it's it uh, it was it, so important to say is so many friends um, and colleagues have really stepped forward, like you with the anthology and and you know just with words of wisdom, you know, to help me with my emotional state during these challenges. You know, people stepping forward, helping one another. You know, the women and the men that have uh, stepped forward to help me, you know, make the path a little bit um, lighter, uh, you know, maybe move some obstacles out of the path. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is the more we help each other, I think it enables us individually to find our inner strength so that we can uh, take the next step, you know, to um, find our authentic self, to uh, raise our awareness, to go to that next place wherever it is in our life. Uh, because, you know, I, I don't know, I kind of go back to that saying, you know, uh, it takes a village in a way. I think it's not just, you know, maybe to raise a child. I think that's what Hillary Clinton might have been referencing. But I, I think um, if we all, you know, take a moment to help each other and have some empathy um, and, uh, you know, and, and just share some thoughts or experiences or, um, uh, you know, a helping hand, it goes such a long way. And, um, you know, so I would. Yeah, so I would just say to people out there, you know, uh, think about that. You know, if you need help or you can offer help, uh, it just makes everything so much easier. And, um, you know, I, I know I'm just so grateful to the folks that helped Roy and I, you know, this last year, including you, Heather. So, um, oh, really a pleasure. I think that what you're saying is so important because we are so fearful of being vulnerable or showing our vulnerability but in doing that and then in retelling the tales, we've got no idea how these stories are really what help motivate and encourage other people. We learn best, I think, as listening to stories. We love them from the time that we're children. And certainly within women's circles, we know that what we learn best, we learn by the stories that each of us share about our own individual journeys and the inspiration that we can put out there into the world, we've got no idea where those ripples go. And so real kudos to you, Karen, for being willing to share as you have. And um, thank you for, you know, all the inspiration that I think we others feel as we go forward in our own journeys. True. Well, I mean, you know, I just got an, uh, an issue of Sage Woman magazine in the mail this week, and you know, I will admit, I missed a lot of, I missed reading a lot of those magazines because I simply didn't have the time. And uh, but I uh, hungrily uh, opened that issue uh, this week, and there inside was a story from a woman who was talking about the challenges of snow, <laughs> and okay. it felt like it, you know, and that's. And that's what I'm going through. I lived at Venice Beach by the water for 30 years, and now I'm try I'm challenged by snow. And you know, it was so funny. It's like it was the perfect story that I needed yes. to read. You know, and uh, you, we just never know where these little bits of inspiration and validation uh, uh, are going to come from. You know, I actually reached Absolutely. out to that woman. 
you know, to thank her. Uh, it, but anyway, uh, you know, and there was also another great article in there about a woman who has just started a goddess temple in Utah, and she has built it with her hands. I mean, literally wow. built the walls of stone uh, with with her and her friends and her husband and their husbands. And anyway, I'm going to have her on the show, I think, in Let's, uh, but, but it's it, but it goes to the inspiration, how we inspire each other, you know, because right. she says in the article that she was down at the Goddess Temple of Orange County uh, here in California and was talking to Ava Park, who runs the Goddess Temple in Orange County, and Ava said to her, so when are you going to build a temple in Utah? And you she did. said uh, she went back home and she did it. You know, <laughs> we yes. just never know. Like wonderful. you said, the seeds no. we plant, you know. Um, yes. So anyway, but um, so your article in um, Awaken the Feminine, again, was uh, spirituality, intuition, and belief in the 21st century, uh, creating a personal, evolving, and mystical path. Why don't you define spirituality in intuitive or psychic, uh, or even belief for that matter, Heather, for those who might... Um, I don't know, um, you might be able to, uh, you know, express it in a different way that uh, some, you know, listeners hadn't thought about. Well, you know, I think we use words very glibly, assuming that we all mean the same thing, when in point of fact we know (laughs) with language we sometimes are thinking we're talking about the same thing and we're not. You mentioned in your introduction that I do intuitive counseling, consciousness counseling, and I know that when I'm working with clients, I ask them at the outset if even intuition is a word that they're comfortable with. Most people who come for readings are, but there are a few people who are not quite sure what do we mean by Intuition, And that's why when I started my article, I thought it would be good to try and define those terms. And and they're very big, and I'm sure they mean different things for different people. But when we talk about spirituality, I think there is an awareness within us that beyond the borders of what our religious traditions tell us, the kind of things that separate us one from another... There is, if you like, an underground stream or a well of um, similitude from which we all draw that informs us that the world as we see it with our five senses, that we know it, is certainly not all that there is. There is um, a sense that goes beyond anything we know intellectually that comes from very deep within ourselves, the recognition and awareness that we are only parts of the puzzle. We are living out our little section of the bigger picture that we are important players. You know, within the Jewish faith, we are told that at all times we should keep two notes in our pockets. The one note should remind us that for us, the universe was created and the other pocket remind us that we are nothing but cosmic dust. In other words, somewhere between this paradox, we live our lives, but there is an awareness that there is something bigger than ourselves. To me, this is what spirituality is really all about, an awareness, a consciousness, a coming together 
that really unites us. And I think within the women's movement, we are trying to move from that position out into the world. I think where religion and spirituality differ for me, religions are very specific to a group. They're very definitive in terms of what we do and what they do, very much an us and them, whereas spirituality comes from a place of both and, and an acceptance, a commonality, a sharing that I think is essential for making life meaningful. When I look at what we see in our lives living now in the 21st century, I don't think that they're, and talking again as a very um, blessed individual in the Western world, I don't think that there's ever been a time when we've had as much as we have and yet find as little meaning as we do in that we've cut our connections to the basic uh, spiritual, natural energy of the universe. Our intellect has taken us in a totally different pathway that separated, I think, for us intellect and intuition, spirituality and religion. And I think that when we try to determine for ourselves what spirituality actually means, not only as a word, but what it means to ourselves, we find ourselves going to that place of um, expansion, of being able to connect with one another when we can really see each other and be seen, where we can hear one another and be heard, and to celebrate our differences, not to be fearful of them, as our religious traditions really try to teach us. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it really does. Um, and I think that I would just add to that and, you know, feel free to disagree. Um, I think the religious aspect, you know, having been a Catholic and a Christian, it's dogmatic. Uh, it's, um, you know, it's oppressive. Um, it, you know, oftentimes it's not life-affirming or love-affirming despite what it might say. Um, and uh, it, it does create sort of an us versus them, whether it be men versus women or one religion versus another. Um, and I think with the spirituality aspect, you it, I don't know, it's it, at least for me, it's sort of created more of a sense of we are uh, a microcosm uh, of the macrocosm. We're a part yeah. of the whole, like you said, yes. the stardust in your pocket, you know, and yes. that in its Self, I mean, that should engender in all of us our interconnection and thereby, um, I don't know, community even, if you will, yes. you know, um, a, a sense of community. And, you know, I, I wanted to say one thing about intuition when you were talking about that, um, that sometimes we don't really know where it comes from. And I, I think, um, I, I know I have been plagued uh, most of my adult life by being dominated by my left brain, my non-intuitive side rather than my right brain, which I think is shifting mm -hmm. this year. Because I have to tell you, early in 2018, before I had any idea this was, you know, this change was going to happen for me, there was something that kept cropping up in my mind that we were going to
going to be exactly where we are by Christmas. And uh, mm. and I couldn't shake it. I didn't know why. I even said to a few of my friends, I think we're going to be living up at our house before Christmas. And, you know, it turned out we were up here by the 12th of December. And we had no wow. idea what was going to happen. You know, anyway, I just wanted yes. to throw that out because it was, um, you know, that that sort of struck me. Um, it, it made me feel like, okay, I want to start to learn more about my intuitive abilities that I have sort of had on ice, I think, way right. too long. And, um, right. uh, yeah, I, I think that really does help us if we can listen. Um, you know, uh, because, you know, you you get this sense that you're being moved like a chess piece almost, you know, and that that also, I think, um, um, supports that idea that we are, um, you know, a a piece of the cosmic puzzle, you know, rather than it Mm. all sort of just being random. Well, you know, I say there's nothing that I can disagree with. I am totally with you. I think that what we are are um, recognizing, and particularly as women, <clears throat> this intuitive knowing is what we relied on um, way before we ever developed our own intellect, this knowledge of being who we were in the world. Our intellectual development took us on a bypass, and I'm truly grateful that we've learned to be able to use the intellect, that we can think, that we can be logical. I always say, like Eckhart Tolle teaches us, thought makes a wonderful servant, it makes a lousy master. If we can use our thinking, our logic, our intellect to be able to recognize, it gives us some information about are in the world, but not all the information all of the time, there is this other side of us that comes through feelings just like you had, that you cannot explain, you don't know where they came from or how they even operate, but we recognize them. And I think that as we start to realize where the intuitive works in our own lives and really give thanks for that, we become aware and conscious and this intuitive sense of the way things work becomes more and more a part of us. A wonderful tool for developing this is the tarot, or these oracle cards, which you know has been sort of took a long time in my spiritual journey for me to get to that particular place because I'd always thought of tarot as a fortune-telling device, and it was something that, if anything, left me feeling uncomfortable. I didn't like the idea of somebody being able to tell me what was going to happen to me. But when I discovered that really the tarot can be used, for example, just to develop one's intuition and spiritual side, I realized that these archetypal images within the tarot deck are really empowering when one uses them not to foretell what is going to happen to you, but use them as an opportunity to look within and to discover, to get the bigger picture of what's going on so that we can make the most informed decisions that we can as we move forward, not robots or not um, how you described it, puppets in a bigger play, but what I think we are here as human beings to do is to develop our own consciousness, our awareness, and 
choose willingly to do what is right, not for any ulterior motive, but only because that's in keeping with who we are as light keepers, light workers in this environment. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a thought when you were when you were saying that, and I wonder what your response is. You know, um, just as an example of intuition, you know, I said, you know, uh, back in early 2018, I had a sense that I would we would be right where we are now before Christmas. Um, you know, I, I it started to you know I I got the idea. Well, I wonder if you know it's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, yes. was, did I? Did I manifest this to happen, yeah. <laughs> or, or yeah. you know, was it a self-fulfilling prophecy, or was it yeah. just an ins, you know, a, a clue of what might be ahead, you know? And so don't, well, you know, don't you know, panic. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's no, it's funny that you say that because I think that this is such a perfect example of how the more deeply you think about any particular topic. There is more that is revealed to you. You know, in Judaism, we believe that the questions are much more important than any answer that you get. And I think that when you look at something like this, I've asked myself exactly those same questions. And it's kind of like this all opens up in a much deeper way. I have assumed that when we have feelings like that, this is something that we are manifesting. And yet, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like a clue that we somehow have received, that we have forewarning, if you like, that this is what is going to be ex- you know, happening, we're going to experience, we're going to be okay, and it's going to open up in a whole new and different way. So as you say, which comes first, the chicken or the egg, there's a very fine line between when you really experience that and being able to explain it. I'm tending to think that our soul's journey is really um, warning us or giving us guidance or giving us the opportunity to release the fear that comes with change. And the older we get, the more difficult change really becomes. But to know that there is a bigger plan that we are actually part party to on a soul level and that we are moving in the direction that we're supposed to in order to be able to gift back to the world the gifts that we each have and have brought with us. Right. Well, and and to be honest with you, um, I, I can probably answer my own question. You know, uh, yes. you know, was it was it a clue or was it a self? You know, did I make it happen? And I really yes. do think it was a clue uh, because yes. I didn't want this to happen right now. I wanted this to maybe happen a couple years from now. This was, you know, this was not on the timeline I would have preferred. And I really yes. do think having that little kernel. Um, tucked away in my gut helped me on those dark days to know it's going to be okay. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other and it's going to be okay. I do think it was a clue, just exactly as you said, that that's what's going to happen. You know, that's where you're going to end up. It's all going to be okay. Just go with the flow, you know. And I think that's that's ex- that's exactly uh, what it was. I, I don't think it was something I manifested. I think it really was intuition. No. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that really when we realize 
that nothing is as it appears to be. There is so much more to this world than we really know. Never mind how smart we are intellectually. Never mind how spiritually evolved we see ourselves. The world is still more mysterious. It's still more fascinating. It's still more exciting because there's only that much that we can actually um, understand and deal with. But to me, there's almost like a a humor in it, um, like a grandmother comforting a grandchild. That's in many ways how I see the sacred feminine, saying it's okay, even though this may not have been what you wanted at that particular time, even though this may not be the way you thought your journey was going to go, it's okay. It's all going to be fine. Go with it. Flow with it. It wasn't coming from something you determined to make. This was part of your journey that you're recognizing. Go with the flow. It's actually fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, Heather, I want to take a little break here. I have a word from Joe Carson I want to share with listeners. But when we come back, um, I want to talk a little bit more about in your essay when uh, you uh, you talk about defining ourselves as feminist in 2019 and about fusing. Um, it's a time of uh, fusion uh, where we're fusing our traditions together, a la Thomas More. Um, so let's uh, let me get Joe Carson in here for a minute, and then we'll come back and we'll do that. Is that okay? Sure, absolutely. Thanks. The psychic state is the collective unconscious, which is that consciousness of the planet. It's called the chthonic mind, the mind of the earth. Our ancestors understood that the animal and divine were all connected. They were together. But there wasn't a separation. That's what we are trying to return to, is that sense that our animal nature is divine. It doesn't get in the way of the divine it gets us closer to it. What's your idea of being fully alive as a human being? Because that's what's really spiritual. Write it down. Start writing your own Bible if you want. That's the sacred. And by that, I just mean sweaty, fun, happy sex. Well, you've been listening to the trailer for Dancing with Gaia, Joe Carson's feature-length documentary film. In it, she interviews 15 visionaries and teachers about earth energy, sacred sexuality, and the return of goddess as Gaia. You know, Joe traveled to ancient sacred sites all over Europe and the Mediterranean to shoot this film. These spiritual sites from northern Scotland to central Turkey profoundly affected the origins of Western culture. If you've always wanted to see them yourself but haven't, this is an opportunity to experience some of the best ones and get their story. The DVD comes packaged with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into the material. And you know what? It's a deal. You can buy the DVD and the booklet for only $20 by going to the website DancingWithGaia.com. That's DancingWithGaia.com. And uh, I give it a personal thumbs up. I have a copy, and uh, it is really pretty awesome. So uh, back to uh, Heather Mandel, uh, one of the contributors to uh, the 
a new anthology that's out, Awaken the Feminine, Dismantling Domination to Restore Balance on Mother Earth, uh, the third uh, in the trilogy of uh, Manifesting a New Normal. Um, so, Heather, uh, thank you for being with me uh, on this uh, special Sunday. And um, I wanted to chat about uh, your thoughts about we're fusing together our traditions um, uh, in a time of fusion foods. So now we're fusing our traditions. Speak to that a little bit. Yes. Um, listening to the little blurb you had on from Joe, which says, write your own Bible, if you like. I think that's perfectly a perfect segue into what we're going to be doing. I think that in order to make one's traditional, ritual, um, religious, spiritual um, exercise or practice meaningful, it has to be something that is contemporary as well as ancient. I think if we're just repeating words over and over again, it may bring us some comfort because that's what we were raised with, that's what our parents said, and there's a familiarity. You were talking earlier about you know, finding yourself in change and giving up what is familiar. So I think there is something comfortable about doing things in the traditional way. However... I believe that especially coming here to the United States, which I think in many ways was not called the new world for nothing, but really is the opportunity to find each other, to hear about each other's ways of life and experience, to learn about one another's religious traditions, when we take what it is that is most dear to us and don't allow the limits of past tradition to hold us back, but we find, for example, a Sufi dance that expresses what we feel when we use a prayer from Buddhism that really talks about wholeness or a Hindu appreciation of the goddess or a pagan appreciation of the earth and the natural cycles. And we can blend that into our own spiritual or religious traditions I think that we are doing exactly what Eve was supposed to do when she took on this journey of physicality, but break through from the things that limited our traditions into us, them, creating something that is much more both and, and giving us an opportunity to um, express ourselves, to feel the beauty of the way other people see and express their own spiritual beliefs in a way that gives meaning and maybe gives rise to new ways of appreciating the world we live in that we didn't see before. I know that for traditionalists, what I'm saying is really scary and they don't want to hear it. What we had and what we did was the way it's supposed to be and don't change this. And who are you to be doing it? As Marianne Williamson says, who are you not to be doing this? This is what we are really charged with. And I think that here in the United States, we are so blessed to have the opportunity to be able to speak these things freely, to inspire women in other countries who don't have the freedom. I can't help but think about this young woman who this week fled from her Saudi background to be able to express her own freedom. How many women in third world countries 
see what we're doing in blending, in bringing together, in finding community, in fusing our spirituality in the same way we do our clothing and our food and our ideas of beauty and ethnicity, bringing this to our spiritual core and in sharing our stories, inspiring other women in other cultures and countries to do exactly the same. Well said. Um, and, you know, and, and kind of just to say it in a nutshell, I think it also then um, by association, it uh, encourages inclusivity, diversity, you know, when we feel, give ourselves permission to cherry pick sort of the best ideas from whatever source it is and not feel like we have to be limited to one book or one religion. Um, you know, it, it just, it opens the world, you know, it just expands, it really, you know, expands our consciousness. Yeah, I was delighted to see, I think it's his latest book, Thomas Moore, who is one of the authors who really has changed my life. I mean, if anyone thinks that I'm only looking to women's writings to, uh, you know, to teach and so on, there are many males who have a wonderful guiding light that we can benefit from. And Thomas Moore, with his book Care of the Soul, was certainly one of those for me. His latest book is A Religion of Our Own, in which he is talking about exactly the same kind of thing, coming from the essence of who we are, what we have found that's meaningful, taking the courage to release that that is no longer meaningful and particularly I think as women to release anything that in any way we feel is still part of an us and them uh, format, releasing that and not throwing the baby out with the bathwater but keeping the, the, the wisdom tradition that is still meaningful, that is encouraging of us coming together and then adding to it similar um, aspects that we find in other faith traditions so that it becomes a real meaningful practice that we can indulge in on a day-to-day -day level rather than just mouthing words that no longer have any meaning for us. Right, right. And I think, you know, just to add to what you said, you know, I think we need to get our wisdom from wherever it comes from. You know, I think sometimes we're, and what I'm saying by that is, even if it comes from a man, <laughs> um, yes, you know, I think yeah. sometimes in, in, in the women's community, you know, the women tend to not want, you know, they tend to want to just focus on women way showers and foremothers, which is great, but oftentimes they want to disregard men. I know I've gotten um, some blow back for having men here on the show, which I think is crazy mm -hmm. because if someone has yeah. something of wisdom to share, um, I don't care what, what what their genitals are, you know, um, <laughs> and you, you know, you made me think of Eric Fromm, you know, he's a, yeah. a German psychologist who I learned so much from reading his books. I stumbled onto one of his books, uh, To Be or To Have, and I felt like it, it so uh, was in alignment with goddess spirituality because I think we are yeah. trying to learn to be uh, rather than um, to have, and well, that, and that's a whole show in itself, but it's this idea that, um, yeah, I mean, there there is so much wisdom out there to glean, and um, mm -hmm. and if we've been trying to limit ourselves to one source, then we're mm -hmm. really sort of um, it, it's too limiting. But tell me what you think about how we need to define ourselves in fe as a feminist in 2019. 
Well, you know, it's kind of um, amazing when one speaks to young women who have taken for granted so many of the things that the feminists of the 60s had to work so hard for and define themselves maybe in terms of much more political um, aspirations and social aspirations when we look at how we define feminism, which became a bad word for too many, but really claim what we mean to be feminist, I think it really goes to very much what you were saying as you just introduced this topic. For me, if we are going to be feminists in the year 2019, we are accumulating all that was uh, given to us, gifted to us by the earlier feminists that have given us the voice to express where we want to go. And I think that what we um, are looking to do is just what you were saying, taking the best from both men and women, from people in all their diversity, bringing it together, not doing an either or, one better, one worse, which is the hierarchy that belongs with the patriarchy, But for me, feminism, as I've defined it in my work over the last 25 years, is really an honoring of the other. Because patriarchy is hierarchy. It's the valuing of one segment, whatever that may be, over another. And to me, the other polarity is really an honoring of otherness. And in so doing, we really do bring together the best that is possible within us from wherever it comes from. And I think in many ways, this goes back, back, back into what we understand the divine to be. Some people want this to be goddess. Other people want this to be God. I think that what I've gained, the most important thing I've gained from my own Jewish tradition is this incredible phrase that comes out of the book of Exodus when Moses meets the divine in the burning bush and asks, who are you? And the words in Hebrew that are given, which is sometimes translated as I am that I am, I think in a much more meaningful way translates as I shall be that I shall be. In other words, I become that I become. In other words, it's a non-gendered idea of divinity. If we are created in the image of the divine, we too are non-gendered, non-hierarchical, evolving beings here in this planet and this story in order to bring consciousness to ourselves and the world around us. And so for me, just my own personal perspective, the idea of a feminist, in the year 2019 is someone who feels comfortable and empowered to use her or his own voice to look for the commonalities that really join ourselves together in the name of the divine who is much more than either male or female but a non-gendered presence of becoming and that's what we are here to represent on our earth and in our lives. Well, you know, Heather, um, you're making me think about so many of the pictures and statues that I've seen on some of my journeys and in my studies. You know, there were were, um, hermaphroditic uh, um, 
you know, Aphrodite's, you know, Aphrodite's with a penis. Um, you've got, uh, you know, the the Hindu deities that, um, you know, are half male and half female. I know there was a, uh, I forget now whether it was Aztec or Mayan god uh, by the, I think the name was uh, Omitotal or something, which was masculine and feminine. And I think when we see these these ancient deities um and that that embody both genders we can take that very literally as uh the coming together in equality of the masculine and the feminine man and woman or we, i mean which would be a, an improvement of, over patriarchy but we right. can even i think take that further um, because you know, if you're trying to draw a picture or, or or create a statue, it's very hard to, I think, embody an idea. And maybe showing the two genders, the polarities in in one, was as close as you could maybe get in a statue or a picture to saying um, there is no hierarchy. We are one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because yeah. you know, there's only t- you know two genders on the planet. Maybe. You know, maybe this wasn't so much about um, the equality of male and female, which isn't a bad thing and an improvement, but maybe it was even in, we can see that in that there was even more. I, which yes. which I think goes to what you were saying that we want to even get beyond gender, you know, yes. um, because uh, you know, I, and, and some of my feminist friends or women friends would, you know, probably you know, give me fifty lashes with a wet noodle for that because <laughs> I know they want to, you know, elevate the feminine and I do too, right. and, you know, and I think yes. we, you know, the time, you know, we, we had this time where the pendulum swung to the masculine, and now the pen- pendulum is swinging rightly to the to the feminine but at some point mm-hmm. we have to get to the balance point and maybe those mm-hmm. most ancient statues it, it's almost like we have to circle back to that you know maybe they did right. have that awareness in the in the earliest of times and we just lost it you know with the patriarchal religion or if they didn't have it Maybe that's what we are supposed to be doing. And I think that the women, I'm not belittling or minimizing the feminist journey and the reclaiming of the goddess, which to me is absolutely essential to coming to what I feel the next stage of the journey is, this bringing together of the advantages of both rather than either or. This is really both and and realizing that divinity as we see it, we are creating in our own image, and that's why we're trying to talk about something that is beyond any description that we can give it, a source or a power in the universe that is way beyond gender. But when we try to express it, all we know is we create it in our own image as either male, female, or today maybe transgendered with some of either side, but to realize, I think, in our, in our move towards uh, spiritual evolution, the idea that the, the divine within each of us, the divine within this universe, is way beyond gender. And if we can take what the women's movement has given us and stand in our power and use our voices as women to claim our own authenticity as valid, as important, our intuition as as intimates, we are doing what we as Eve are meant to be 
doing in 2019 to be able to balance what is so badly out of balance and needing to come together into the circle and the whole. Yeah, because, you know, there could be, you know, we could not jump from uh, patriarchy to equality without uh, a big, long focus on what it, what the divine feminine uh, or woman is about, you know, because that would have left a gap, you know. Right. Um, the pendulum had to swing, you know, uh, and, and focus for a good long time on feminism and sacred feminine and goddess and all of that so that enough people would understand what was missing in order to reincorporate right. it. You know, uh, so I that we could, know, I think, come to a whole place. You started with Rianne Eisler and Merlin Stone, which is where I started too, which is funny, you know, in terms of those two authors. But for anybody, you know, young enough, either in age or in this part of their lives, to want to start and find out what this is all about, go to those read those books, look at Gimbutas, look at all these wonderful writings that were there from the 60s and on up and maybe some even earlier to understand, to bring to awareness what this is all about, where we've gone, see where we are now, but then we move beyond the limits of any kind of us then and we move towards yeah. an inclusivity and community that I think is why we are actually and that's what we're supposed to be doing. Well said. Well, Heather, I, I, I apologize for that. Uh, but before I let you go, uh, is there anything uh, you wanted to mention that maybe we failed to touch on? No, I think this has been a very free-ranging and interesting discussion from my perspective. I hope your listeners will find, you know, that this may stimulate some of their own thinking in agreement or disagreement, but respectfully coming to the table to talk about some of these ideas. I am truly appreciative of the opportunity you've given me in chatting with you today, Karen, and I look forward to our association going from strength to strength. Well, absolutely. Me too. Uh, ditto, ditto, ditto there, Heather. And uh, just to, uh, you know, before you go, please mention your website again and uh, the readings that you do. Uh, I'm sure anyone listening to you today um, can, could glean what a deep well of uh, wisdom you are and might want to avail themselves of, uh, of your services. Well, that's very kind. Thank you so much. My website is sacredfemininekabbalah.com. Much easier people could type my name, Heather Mendel, onto the web, and it will lead you into my – I have three websites, and they will all lead you to the same place. I do have a number of uh, oracle decks and the, uh, books that I've written to go with them. What I am excited about right now is I am doing – uh, consciousness counseling or intuitive guidance sessions with people either in person here in upstate New York or via the internet through these video chats or telephones and find that I'm able to counsel with people really all over the world which is exciting and I love technology and I love it when it does this kind of thing and so yes I do these uh, consciousness counseling sessions called Tarot with a Twist it's not what you think. 
trying to make people aware that you know it's beyond thinking it's about intuition and it's not about the future it's about the present I'm busy posting a lot of um, small videos about my various decks on Instagram so I'm busy doing that right now and um, would love to make contact with anybody who comes through this particular show um, and just join in this wonderful adventure about tarot and oracles and Kabbalah and women's spirituality, all in the name of the intuitive and seeking the divine feminine. And uh, that's what brought you and I together, Karen, and so I'm really grateful for this opportunity to be here today. Well, thank you, Heather, and and I appreciate all the wisdom you shared with listeners. Um, No doubt uh, it did not fall on deaf ears. Um, I'm sure we will stay in touch, um, and uh, thank you so much uh, for your time today. My pleasure, and all good things. A wonderful 2019 to you and to all your listeners. Thank you, Heather. Goodbye. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, There was a lot to glean, I think, from that conversation, lots of layers in there. And, in fact, even as Heather was uh, signing off, um, uh, you know, when she was talking about the tarot, uh, you know, being a reflection of the now, um, that uh, that even really resonated uh, so much uh, during this time. I uh, had uh, a number of tarot readings, and looking back on them now, in hindsight, I think they definitely were a reflection of where I was in the moment, rather where I, uh, rather than the future, which is what I was hoping to glimpse. Uh, so interesting that she said that. I think uh, I think that's that's very important. Um, so uh, next, uh, well, Wednesday at our regular time, I will have uh, Deanna Lamb with me. She's another contributor to the new anthology, Awaken the Feminine, which, by the way, you can get uh, from either contacting me personally at KarenTate108 at Yahoo.com, or you can go to Amazon and buy a copy there. But from me, you get it cheaper and you get it signed. So KarenTate108 at Yahoo.com if you'd like to get a copy of uh, the new anthology, Awaken the Feminine. Uh, But Wednesday, Deanna Lamb will be with me. Uh, She was also uh, a contributor uh, to the book. Uh, She is the founder of Red Tents in Every Neighborhood, the uh, Womb Wisdom, International Red Tent Day, uh, she's authored several books. Um, you know, she calls herself a womb visionary. Um, she will also have uh, a lot of great wisdom to share. And then on the 23rd, uh, Sam Daly Harris is with me, and uh, we kind of take a little bit different direction. Um, our show topic with Sam, who was also a contributor to Awaken the Feminine, uh, our topic is going to be his essay, or Shouting and Silence, Our Only Two Option, uh, Bringing bipartisanship and transformation to citizen activism and he um, connects that to values of the sacred feminine uh, which I think uh, is so important because you know often we talk about the sacred feminine as just a deity or archetype uh, and we often I think forget about what ideals of the sacred feminine are uh, and um, Uh, that sometimes can be helpful when we're trying to reconcile our spirituality and politics. So um, 
that about does it for me uh, today. Uh, I am going to leave and watch the New Orleans Saints hopefully beat the, uh, the Eagles today on their road to the Super Bowl. And after that, I will uh, grab a cup of tea and uh, sit down and watch Outlander uh, and uh, have a great rest of my day, as I hope uh, you will too. Uh, but that's how I will be having, uh, sharing the, the rest of my hours with my, uh, with my honey Roy. Uh, so thank you, dear listeners, uh, for being with me. Uh, I am always open to your comments and suggestions uh, and your feedback. Um, it's really helpful to me to know uh, if the show is doing it for you, um, you know, if uh, some of you have written me saying what a lifeline it is. Um, and uh, if you are interested in making a donation to the show to help me uh, continue to pay to have it on the air, uh, you can write me at KarenTate108 at Yahoo.com, and I will tell you how to make a monetary donation of any amount. Uh, my website is down right now uh, because of some computer glitch with my domain name, uh, so you can't go to my website uh, to make um, you know, donations or contributions as you once did until I get that worked out. Uh, but thank you uh, for your listener loyalty. You are the gas in my tank. And uh, I will close the show uh, with a little uh, music from Abigail Spinner McBride, who we started the show off with. Uh, I opened the show with uh, Let the Way Be Open, uh, but in tribute to uh, Our Lady of Tenacity Manifested Sekhmet, um, I'm going to let you hear a little bit of music from Abigail called Am Sekhmet. Uh, so here goes. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you'll be back with me on Wednesday. Goodbye. Thank you.